welcome to the Last Looks podcast, a show where we catch up with talented hairstylists and makeup artists in the film and television industry. We'll pick their super creative brains and find out all the good stuff. Join me, your host, Jamie Lee, in finding out what's what in the hair and makeup departments around the world. And now, a word from our sponsor. Are you tired of showing up to set with dry, cracked hands? Well, now your well-moisturized mitts will be the talk of the town, thanks to Hands Down Sanitizer, the best in the biz, hands down. Other products are loaded with fillers. Hands Down is all natural, made with essential oils from Paris and real aloe. So you can say goodbye to the dry and say aloe to clean, soft skin. Their organic, non-toxic formula comes in a variety of soothing scents. Lavender, coconut, lemongrass, and clove. Your hands will feel great and smell great, guaranteed. Created by Emmy-nominated makeup artist Stephanie Fowler, each bottle is handcrafted just for you. And it's not just good for your skin. It's also good for the planet. Hands Down is refillable, recyclable, and sustainable. Where does one find such a treasured possession? Hands Down is available at most makeup and hair suppliers and online. Hands Down Refresher and Sanitizer. Because when it comes to your skin, you deserve the star treatment. And now, our feature presentation. Okay, folks, it's that time of year again, awards season. And of course, the Last Stops podcast is all over the Oscars situation. We have five bonus episodes where I'll be catching up with all five teams nominated for their superb makeup and hair work. All teams are asked the same set of questions, but of course, they all have very different answers. Join me and these incredible artists while we dive into the exceptional work they did to get them to where they are today, Oscar Makeup and Hair nominees for 2022. Thanks for listening and supporting the podcast, guys. It really does take a lot to get all these teams together to be able to bring these bonus episodes to you. With everyone working and shooting all over the world, as you know, it's hard. It certainly takes time and effort. So for that, I'm thankful to you, the listener, and all my guests. I hope you enjoy these special episodes as much as I did putting them together. Pictures up. Last looks. Rolling. And action. Welcome to the Last Looks podcast, team. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much. Thank you. And may I say a huge congratulations on your Oscar nomination for your work on the film House of Gucci. Hey, thank, thank you, you so much. <laughs> so exciting. It is so exciting. Now let's start with introductions. If you could each tell us your name and what your position was on the team, that would be amazing. Uh, my name is Frederick Asperis. I am Lady Gaga's hairdresser and wig maker for the film. My name is Joran Lundström. I'm uh, accredited as Jared Leto's prosthetics designer for uh, the Paolo Gucci character. And my name is Anna Karin Lok, and I was the wig maker and uh, 
a personal hairstylist for Geraletto. Amazing, guys. So tell me, when you heard the news that you had been nominated, what was the first thought that came to mind? Well, for me, I posted it because I was just so excited and I also wanted to inspire a lot of people, but I, I could not sleep the night before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, this is too good to be true. It's just not, you know, I, I've gotten this far and, you know, in life, you never expect, you know, get this far, I guess. I, I mean, don't dream about it. We just do the work. So when I heard our name, House of Gucci, last, I was I, I just let out this huge scream and <laughs> and um, you know it was more about just remembering how far I've came and our our team worked so hard on this film and so much sacrifice that went into this film. I mean, we prepped for almost like a year, so it was it was pretty good. It was a pretty pretty exciting day. I still kind of feel a little kind of funny and weird it's never it's never going to be normal but it's great <laughs> i mean me, me and anna karen was watching it live on youtube oh. uh, and i've heard from so many of my colleagues in especially prosthetics people like that we would get nominated so like i really tried my best not to expect anything mm. and since we were the last ones up you know we were so nervous you know like looking at all the names <laughs> coming up first and I'm like, there's one one last chance that we can still get it. So like, yeah, it was a relief, you know, when we when we heard the name House of Gucci. And also, I've been nominated before, and, and nominations is like winning. It's like, it's actually bigger, I think, in a way, because from now until the ceremony, there's so much attention about, you know, being nominated. And I'm guessing after you've won, all the lights go down, you know, there's nothing happening after that. So like you get all these, you know, all these pads on your back now. So it's really, it's really good. I remember it was really like fantastic to be nominated. I'm sure it's even, even better to win, but, but the nomination is, feels like winning actually. So it's an amazing feeling. Yeah. I I don't think I got it when they announced House of Gucci. We sat waiting and they, they just said like all the other films and it felt like, oh, there's no space for us. No, we're not going to get it. But, But it was so fun but I think I'm starting to get my head around it now when when ah when you realize how how big it is but it still feels very unreal I must say it's like wow (laughs) it's fun yeah I mean so many emotions oh my goodness it it really does feel like Gordon says it feels like you've I've won you know we've won because it's just so much pride went into like just to, to being nominated and it's just the process now is just like that's why it feels so elated but it, it really does feel like you've won already oh that's so cool guys i love hearing that now i would love for you to talk us through the characters from the film that you that you guys mainly worked on makeup and hair wise just from research and development through to daily application well, with Lady Gaga and the first assignment with her, we started really prepping for me. I prepped about five or six months, six or five months before the filming commenced. She wanted and Ridley Scott wanted to look on the screen and not see Gaga at all, mm. any of her iconography, any of her mm. thing, whatnot. And that was one of the biggest challenges because I've worked with her for almost like 13 years now and I've, I've done everything from pop music to television film and taking on a role that you're playing a real woman who's not famous but who doesn't have a lot of photos everywhere uh, you don't see her life just unfold on, on google you have to mm. kind of so the, the challenge for me because she was in the movie quite a lot was literally page by page I wanted to understand her 
inner dialogue, where she came from. She's done, you can't really read about her personal life or where she came from, how her life was then. I started by doing extensive research in what Italian women did in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s because the movie was three decades of her life, which is really big. In the 70s and 80s and 90s, you see a lot for hair. You see a lot of different influences and changes. So it was going to be very difficult to find the exact starting point that would launch and connect like a puzzle, a missing piece of puzzle, all her life and her story, and to be able to carry the narrative of the movie through her looks. Because if I didn't get that right, it would kind of confuse the audience because it's such a long film and it carries through such many decades and throughout her life, you know, that was super important to get the physical description of Patricia Reggiani at a young age and throughout her entire life. So with that, watching movies, I did Zoom calls with people. I went online and looked for people who've lived in the time. I've talked to friends who've lived in that time in Italy. It was very different back then in Italy as it was in the United States. There wasn't the style level of progression wasn't the same. You know, you had in the Italy in the early 70s, the, the style of hairstyling was very, is still in the 60s. So mm. you would have gotten it wrong. And also the influences, the actresses or the influence that, that Patricio probably would have been influenced by were not American actresses or like Italian actresses. So for instance, I came upon Gina Lola Brigida, who had the physical physicalities of, of Patricia. And I needed to understand maybe this is where looking at the photos of Patricia that were available and then look finding her inspirations, seeing maybe maybe this is what she probably would have taken a photo of and went to the hairdresser or, or started wanting to look like. Mm. And starting by that, that forensics and starting with that kind of tangible evidence, I started to create the hairstyles there. And then <laughs> with that, page by page, as the years went by, I created a page by page description of her hairstyle, her description of the scene, her costumes. So I worked really closely with John T. Yates, who does the costuming, and Sarah Tano, who did the makeup. We sat down like a lab and we wrote down everything she was going to wear. She tried on everything. We took a photo of it. We wrote it down. We put it in a book. And at the end of it, I created a 400-page lookbook that we turned into Ridley Scott. Gaga had it. You know, every department had it. So that way, as you're watching the film, you see this just beautiful gradual transformation as she goes which doesn't, you don't get lost. Because the movie was such a long movie and such a long life, you know, really Scott only wanted two wigs because he thought it was too difficult to do so many looks and keep, get it right. And then to shoot it, you know, because he shot really fast. And it wasn't, right. like, it wasn't like we could have time to kind of develop it. We had to really get it right before we even started shooting. So that's something I had to do before we even started. And just so that my actress knew ahead of time, how she can get into her character every morning, mm-hmm. knowing what she was going to look like, feeling really into it because the process within what Lady Gaga was doing was very immersive or acting. So it was living within, the, when I was in with her at the trailer every day, every single time, every moment, even at home in Malibu, she was, she was Patrice Reggiani. 
So I had to get up to par with, with her, what she was doing and be prepared for that. Because when we got to Italy, you know, it was filming during COVID and there was no other resources to like make another wig so fast or find resources. So I had to bring everything with me mm-hmm. to Italy already done, which, you know, that was a lot. We had originally, I made 15 wigs ready and then 10 hero wigs were used in the film that we decided upon as we started filming. Wow. That was the research into it. It was a, a pretty extensive research. I think it was really important to understand Italian women, understand Italian culture, to really get the essence and the nuances of the lifestyle of women back then, and also to understand the characteristics of Patricia Reggiani, of the interviews I, I watched of her, and then to mold it all together and, and to create this diagram of what she would be. And I know our glam trailer was literally a head-to-toe, you know, forensic boards of the progressions <laughs> of her life. And it was really important to stay on track of what was I going to do every day. So the discipline of doing that every single day and meeting with Gaga every morning to discuss her characterization and her character statements really affected the way I was going to style the hair. So it became an emotional styling of how I was going to portray her on, on set. So it didn't interfere with any of the movie story or narrative. And, you know, she didn't want to look on the screen and be distracted by the hair and makeup. You know, it was more about what it would do with, for the actor to use as a tool for her. And then the process of creating her, getting into that character for her, because every day was different. We didn't shoot in order. You know, we t- it's about four hours in the chair. I prepped about an hour before she got there just so I can get my head organized. And we set the room up, the Gillian trailer up as almost like, again, a lab. We, every morning I had a, a photo, a reference, a description on the mirror for her to read, to see. It, it was literally a, a masterclass because we had to get that characterization right for her to stay in character, to get into that, that world fast. And then we would erase all of her characteristics, anything that looked like her. So I, I created this, almost as this bald cap, wig cap. So it just got rid of all of her hair texture and everything. It got really down to using illustrator makeup on her scalp to just get it all clean and then putting her wig on and getting the right styling of it. And then, you know, sending her off every morning. It was almost like a ritual, but it was really good because I felt really confident about every single day and, and feeling really prepared to do it was really important for her and for the whole team. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, it's different for every actor, you're right? I mean, see, like Anna and Jordan is like, Jared is, they have a different process and processes of, of getting into their, their character. Well, th- this one was very different. <laughs> for, the, yeah. for this movie, it's very, very it's different. Interesting. From, I mean, our our story with Jared was, <laughs> was so different when I hear Frederick talk about all the prep he did because I got the job from Jared three weeks before the test makeup Holy and, and they didn't even warn me you know I had a, I had an interview with Jared on zoom one day and the next day I got the job and then I had three weeks until test makeup and I wouldn't be able to meet Jared that was like the whole deal like if you do this job you don't get to meet him until the test makeup. Oh uh, and I was like, okay, I'm doing prosthetics. Uh, we're doing a wig. We're doing a bald cap. We're doing everything on him. And we haven't met him. So there's a lot of 
hurdles there. But I figured, you know, if I don't do it, who's, who's going to do it? Let's just try it to see what happens. But yeah. So basically, me and Jared worked on this makeup together. Uh, for really unusual for me is that the uh, Ridley wasn't really involved with me. He might have been with Jared, so they might have had a lot of discussions. But I did really get to talk to Ridley about this character at all. I think this was like a Jared idea and a concept and uh, basically he told me what he wanted from the makeup he didn't really tell me what it should look like but we had paolo gucci images to look at but mm -hmm. research wise i don't know looking at pictures it wasn't that much we can there's not that many pictures of paolo gucci so uh, jared kind of told us which ones he liked and then i just had to sculpt i had to figure out how to do a character on jared that would work with other people that was wearing no prosthetics and mm. in a drama. So you don't have, you can't hide behind the fact that people should know it's a makeup or that it's supposed to be a lookalike makeup. They understand mm. it's Jared Leto in a makeup, which is, which I think is more common uh, here. Basically he wanted to look like someone else. Yeah. And, and uh, in three weeks. <laughs> so, <laughs> and go. so yeah, exactly. It was exactly like that. So I worked seven days a week for three weeks, like, I don't know how many hours per day, but, and we, we based everything on a 3d scan and it wasn't a great scan either. It wasn't made for makeup. So for Anna Karin, we didn't have any wig measurements. We had a scan with hair on it. So I had to kind of like, I had to guess his head shape for a while. So basically for the first week and a half, I tried sculpting a character that had resemblance to Paolo, but not necessarily try to do a portrait because it wouldn't work on Jared's you know, head shape. But we tried to get that kind of odd looking character, that kind of like outsider person yeah. uh, to get that in there. And Jared, you know, he's really pretty. So <laughs> we had to kind of like tone that down. Mm. Uh, and then after a week and a half, I think half the time, like a week and a half into my prep time, uh, Kazu was making a, a, a 3D scan of Jared for another project. So Jared arranged with Kazu to give me a copy. So I got a copy and then I had to 3D print that, which obviously was a better scan because it's made for, for makeup by a makeup artist. We still didn't have a hairline. We still didn't, didn't know where his hairline started because it was mm -hmm. hidden under a ball cap. So Anna Karin really didn't have enough information either but uh, at least I could I do my pieces now could be my sculpture could be moved over to a proper scan or copy of a 3d print of a scan that most likely was much more accurate than the first one so we made our molds and everything from that and then Anna Karin made a half-made wig for me so I could do a test after three weeks and then we had a few days between I don't know four days maybe four or five days mm -hmm. uh, where we had to start running pieces after the test makeup and I re-sculpted some, some of the stuff in those couple of days, like the bold, bold part, because when you're doing a bold cap on someone where you don't know where the hairline is, I divided it into three parts. So I could cover his temples, and then I could do the top of the head, and I could kind of move things around so they mm. covered. Otherwise, I would have to, you know, like you, if you do a bold cap that's supposed to fit, you need to know where that hairline is. And this way, I could kind of like, I had more options when I actually stuck it on him. So I re-sculpted that. That wasn't working as I wanted to. And then Anna Karin came with us the day before we started shooting. That's our second test makeup. The night be it was actually the night before, I think, even. No, uh, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, so, no, we met him in the afternoon, didn't we? And then we oh, had the, yeah. the fitting until 10 o'clock or something. Yeah, something in, in the, the evening. evening. And then we started yeah. early in the morning. Yeah, yeah. 
So, uh, yeah. but you can tell us about the wig now because that that was a story of itself. So. Yeah, yeah. As Jaren said, I didn't have that much information either. So usually, I do what Frederick does, what he t- what he told he did with Lady Gaga. I mean, you have the the research, and I mean, you need to take proper measurements when you make a wig, and you want to discuss what color you want and what look you want, but. Since we were in Sweden and he was not in Sweden, we had to to go with the scan. So I kind of made something up that I thought might work. But then when I traveled to Italy with Jaren for the fitting, it was just when we met Jared, he came and he had such a long hair, which I didn't really thought he had. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I could have done a bit better research on that, but he had a really thick, long hair. And that needed to be rolled up underneath the bald cap and the prosthetics and then the wig on. So when we did the fitting, I realized that the wig I did was too small. So I had to sit. When we said, I I remember Jaran and Fredrika, who also worked with us on this, you guys left at 10 o'clock or something. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I see you tomorrow morning. I need to sit and knit. So I... uh, I knot a, a, a neck piece to fill it up in the back, and I also knot some small pieces to make sure that I could actually try and make it work for the first the first day. So I, I didn't really have a chance to do. Me and Jared discussed a bit like what he wanted, and but we didn't really talk about the length of the wig, or uh, it was just like very basic, like how do we get this to work the first day. And then you guys came back like five in the morning. I think Jared came mm-hmm. at six or something because yeah. he was going to start in the afternoon. And yeah. I had sat up like all night knitting that piece. And we're like, oh, hope it's going to work. <laughs> uh, but the first day for me was just, ah, uh, I think, ah, um, uh, I don't know. I think we the, the makeup and hair and everything was okay the last day or something. <laughs> we kind of developed yeah. the we, whole we felt, thing. Yeah. We worked on it for so long and and getting his hair up underneath was my biggest problem because it was so much and we didn't want his head to have like a crazy head shape so it looked like he had a really big head obviously Mm. so that was the tricky part really to get that down and get it like hidden underneath and still make it look like it could be a natural shape and everything was about a silhouette also like what did he look like so I think I cut the wig like uh, I did a haircut on it like after we've been shooting a bit because I was not really happy with it from the start. But it was OK because Paolo wasn't really in the film in the same way as as, uh, as Lady Gaga was with her character. So with continuity and stuff, we could play a bit and do do a bit day by day. I think. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the, way, the way Ridley shoots it as well, he shoots a whole scene in an afternoon. So basically, yeah. like Paolo was not, you know, he was in not seen after scene. He was like in a scene here and there. So basically, every time he was in a scene, he could look different because it wasn't the same day. It would yeah. always be a different day. So that that was fine, you know. But the the first application we did that uh, the next morning when Anna Karn had been stayed up all night, that was also kind of scary because we hadn't picked. Uh, we had several noses for him. Uh, and, and Jared was, yeah, he was a little bit uncertain which nose to go with. So we had two that we, we chose between. So we stuck, uh, Kazu made a nose last minute because I didn't have time because I had remade so many things. So he made a nose last minute. And then I started by sticking that on because I didn't know what that would look like. And then Jared was like stopped in the middle of the makeup and asked, which nose should we go with? And I, I was basically 
persuading him to stick with this nose because we didn't have time. We couldn't add more time to take that nose off and stick another one on. And I was like, this looks fine. You know, like this, you know, they're, they're different. This one hid more of Jared. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. so, so it was like very Im improvised. So the first day you stick a makeup on, you've tried twice while we changed it in the meantime. And, you know, the, the kind of, it almost felt like, you know, when you wake up late in the morning, you oversleep. That was, that's yeah. what the whole project felt like. I overslept. And I, <laughs> I was trying to catch up for the whole shoot. So basically me and Anakar and, and Federica was, we were basically chasing after everything. It's like every day it was like, oh shit, tomorrow we have to fix this. And tomorrow we're doing this. We, we have to make this better tomorrow. And then I think the last two days I felt like, yeah, now we're getting it. Now we understand this makeup. Now it's starting to look good. <laughs> and it oh was, it, it was really interesting challenge. And I, and I do think maybe because we didn't have enough time, uh, we just threw everything at it, everything we, we, we know from experience that we can trust. You know, we just did that. No experimenting. Just trust your gut instincts and just... Go for uh, it. it. Yeah, and go for it. That, that was it. But he's, he's so covered. I don't know if people understand. Jared didn't even understand how covered he would be because he's asked for certain things mm. when, when I sculpted it. But it wasn't until I glued it on him the first time he understood how little of his face was actually visible. It's only part of his forehead, his eyebrows and his eyes, you know, like the rest is covered, the top of his ears, but the rest is just covered in silicone. And uh, and that wasn't a choice. It wasn't like, yeah, I want to cover him in silicone. I would have loved to do less, but it was basically doing this really young looking 50 year old, turning him into this other kind of chubby guy with a bald head. And Jared has really thick hair uh, and long. And, and so you had to cover so much just to make it, make those changes that you wanted. So, yeah. uh, oh my God, it was so, it was so, I think we used nine silicon pieces on him, plus wow. a latex, latex ball cap just to hold his yeah. hair down. And so. I mean, and he looks ridiculously good for his age too. So Oh, he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah that didn't help, but <laughs> I told him that. Yeah. I said, you look too young. And he's like, oh. I said, it's a good thing for you, but it's a bad thing yeah. for us. <laughs> but it, it was, it was, it was fun though. In retrospect, it was fun. I was so tired after these, I don't know, eight weeks or whatever I was involved. Mm -hmm. uh, but but I was exhausted. But but in retrospect, when you all the little imperfections you see on set that you don't see on film, I was like, okay, now I can start looking at it like other people see it, you know, because right. you're you're kind of so stuck on the little flaws when you're doing yeah. it. So that will take me years before I, do that, <laughs> yeah. okay, I cannot good. look at it. I'm, a, I'm no, I think it's it's hard when you've done something like that, and then you you still can see. It. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah. I, I would love to do this film again, actually. And to yeah. remake some it with some time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I have so many things that I just, oh, that would be nice to do. But <laughs> no, but it came out quite okay, I must say, for the, yeah. the time limit we had. Yeah. Also, we, we tried very hard to make him, that was very important, I think, especially for the hair, that, that he looked so natural, like messy. Mm. And because if I would have done a perfect wig on that, with the mm. curls and stuff that I put in on with irons and stuff, it would have looked mm. very a lot like a wig, I think, and a lot of prosthetics would have popped out. We mm, really yeah. tried to work together to make sure that this is messy enough to, to make it look real, so you believe him, since he was going to act against people that didn't have prosthetics. Um, and or wigs. A lot of them didn't have yeah. wigs. So. No. Yeah. So. But, so, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I feel like you guys have expressed 
a lot of challenge within what you guys needed to do across the board, but I was just wanting to ask, what was your biggest challenge? If you could choose one of the biggest challenges during filming, what would it have been? Just to uh, speak upon what, like uh, the amount of, like you had to constantly evolve the way she looked. I mean, the thing is about working with Ridley Scott, he is very detailed about everything and he is such an artist in regards to how he films his actors so it's a clear vision of his and he has mood boards of mood boards and storyboards of everything he does and it has to fit into that world and to do this you know development of the character her characters daily and and to keep in tune with everyone else all the other all the other actors you know that would arrive on set and see Jared and because I didn't I didn't recognize him and it was just amazing to do that but then to be able to when you put them together on on set and you see them on film they just look like they've they belong together you know so the biggest I think challenge for me was to get all like 15 wigs before I left for United, United States to Rome, all done so that I can have it prepared when I got there. Half, yeah. I mean, it's pretty much, I mean, if you sit there and ventilate and I had one person helping me that, you know, was in quarantine with me and then we had to, you know, turn this whole place into a factory and then bring it over there. And then once I got there, I, I didn't have any team to facilitate, you know, 10 wigs we had to like set cut, color, prep every single day. There was a constant like turnaround because they would not shoot in, in order, you know, have everything ready ahead of time and then fine tune it again. And, you know, with Ridley standards. So not having just the whole team of like, you know, people that would normally do 10 wigs or 50 wigs of prep and everything, mm. you know, that was kind of like different because normally I would have somebody like, okay, so maybe on set, I would have to run back to the trailer with, my assistant Anastasia, you know, God bless her. She didn't speak any English. I didn't speak in Italian, but we, for some reason, understood each other through the art of hair. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, I mean, now she's like a, one of my best friends because we just we spent so much time in that trailer doing stuff. But because it was such a big three decades, it was, it was a lot. But it was worth it because, you know, I was very proud of the work. I think our, our challenge, I mean, Anna, Anna Karin and I had the same challenge. Jared's yeah. long hair. That's like, it yeah. comes down to that one. That was like, I, we, we, yeah. you keep thinking about Jared's long hair. That was, yeah. the big, yeah, that was the biggest challenge to make up. And even Jared asked us the last week, how much time will we save if he shaved his head? And I said, an hour and a half every day. Because it took an hour and a half to roll that hair up, glue the hair down, yeah. stick the latex ball cap on and stick the silicone ball cap on top of that and then blend that. That took an hour mm. and a half. And I, I was like, this is like the longest makeup I've ever done. It ended up at four hours. But four hours is not normal for prosthetics. Usually we're like three hours, maybe three and a half sometimes. But four yeah. hours felt like really long and we were really fighting to get that down. But for me, that hair, <laughs> I just wish we could have shaved it <laughs> off. It would have been so much easier. Yeah, but it was... It was fun also when we met him on the when we were in Los Angeles watching the premiere of House of Gucci and he had cut his hair and I was like that yeah. was the first thing I said to him oh so you have shorter hair now that's great he was like oh yeah <laughs> couldn't what? have done that before 
Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think he was actually, was he shooting something else yeah, afterwards? Yeah, no, TV, something? So he series, couldn't yeah. do that. But yeah. I was also thinking if I could cut it off and then make him a wig so he looked the same. He could just have had that when he was offset, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. with his hair. But no, he didn't want to take it up. So. <laughs> I mean, so many challenges. What are some standout lessons that you may have learned from your uh, experience? Shave Jared Leto's hair. That's probably yeah. one reason. And yeah. asleep. Don't let him know about it. <laughs> no, I think for me, for me, I, I think both me and Anna Karen, we work very similarly. But I think what we learned was to trust our gut. You mm. know, like to just trust our instincts when we do something because it's harder when you have, when you ha- usually you have input from so many different people you know like you yeah. have the director and the actor and uh, sometimes even the producer and on this one it was just jared so basically i had to go with what i believed in because jared didn't really know he had his ideas but he didn't know mm-hmm. and he we didn't have time to question anything or redo it mm-hmm. and the same with anna Karin. she came came in so late so yeah. i just feel like afterwards why did it turn out good because we didn't have time to second guess our work we just had to do it and just do the best we felt instinctively what worked you know but also you could feel that jared really trusted us i remember in questioning my work at one point when i was rolling his hair up and said shouldn't you do that and i was like no i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna do and then he was cool with that and i think he he was very he, he really took in that we worked really hard and that we tried our best and he he trusted in what we did and that helped Mm -hmm. also yeah I think when you don't have to have the conversation go round and round in circles because you don't have the time sometimes that confidence does come to the forefront of just like no we've got to do it this way this is how it's happening it's going to be great well the thing is like Ridley doesn't like a lot of feedback he doesn't he does it on his own he checks it on a book and he's like so you're literally in your trailer right and you're like Mm. with the actor and she's like okay well we got to sell this look to who (laughs) <laughs> yeah. you know, and you know and every day i was like pitching a look at a style because you know there was a creative what 54 hairstyles and it was like every day it was like i don't know it looks too much i was like you know so it's it was again yeah for me it was like the lesson is really after all these years you still have to learn as an artist to trust your gut right mm-hmm. um trust your craft that's why you know I think it shows in the testament of like the way that Anna and Yoren worked and created those looks in two weeks and be able to make shift and do all that and roll with the flow and create still Oscar nomination, you know, hair and makeup. Um, (laughs) Those are the kinds of elevation you do with your craft. You know, that's kind of discipline you have in your work, Uh, the way you, you, the passion you, without all that you can't develop that quick you know or without all that i can't be able to organize you know 15 wigs ahead of time i can't you know mm. without that kind of trust into your your craft you know there are going to be days where you're just you just don't know and you just don't want to you trust yourself and you just want to listen to what everyone does but with this our job was to do it do it on our own kind of you know and with the actor and create it on our own and then be on set and ready to shoot and that was it i think that that was actually a, a big kudos to Ridley and their team because they that's called tr- you know respect and mm-hmm. trust as a, as opposed to like he didn't want to you know people say oh maybe he didn't want to work with me no no he 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 got you're here because he trusts you 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the mindset, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, it's very good. It's, very like, cool. it's, it's like it, it, he doesn't. He's not going to have somebody on this set. You know, he's a legend, and he's not going to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to do whatever you want. No, he he expects you're going to show up and show out, and you're going to do it, and you're going to do it right. And you know, you have all the information. You have all the. You have you know. You know what we're doing. So you know, do it and produce it. You just have to be prepared. So I know that this can be a tricky question to answer for some, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What do you feel sets your work apart from your fellow nominees? I, I've been thinking about this one because um, mm. I was also involved in Coming to America, so I can kind of tell the difference a little bit. Because uh, yeah. I think all these nominees that makeups are, are made to tell the stories in a, in a slightly different way. You know, mm-hmm. they're there for different reasons. And uh, I can only speak for actually Paolo Gucci and compare it to the other makeups. So Frederick will tell his story. But because I think if the Paolo Gucci makeup stands out, um, since no one is supposed to understand or feel that it's an actor made up or, you know, that he's wearing makeup. It's the whole idea is that he's just going to blend in and be a character. Uh, yeah. he's not a gimmick or anything uh, so he had to be as believable as possible in acting with other actors and they're portraying very real people so you didn't really want to feel Jared Leto uh, hiding behind a makeup you know? so Paula had to be real, a real person and mm-hmm. an odd looking one but still a real one and when I was doing Coming to America with Mike Marino I was working with him on the prosthetics and these makeups are phenomenal they're really good uh, but they're also there for comical reasons. That's the whole idea with these makeups. You're covering Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy in makeups that look brilliant, but they're there for the audience to basically have a laugh at them playing other characters. And you still understand that it's them in makeup. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the difference between those two. Dune and Cruella are both in, in a fantasy world, in a sense. So I think the audience accepts... The environment is different, the clothes are different, the costumes, the hair, everything is different. So you kind of make a, an agreement with the audience to accept yeah. this difference yeah. in look. Yeah. And we, we did a realistic drama, so that's a difference as well. And with Tammy Faye, which would be the closest comparison, I think, uh, she, she did look a little bit weird, like a little bit extreme Tammy Faye when she put all that makeup on. So, um, But still, it's very difficult to do that kind of prosthetic makeup and pull that off for a whole film. But I do think the audience knows that it's Jessica Chastain playing the part. And I do think a big reason for people to watch it was to see Jessica Chastain playing Tammy Faye. You know, people knew that going in, yeah. that she was wearing prosthetic makeup to look more like Tammy Faye. And I think that's the difference, especially with our makeup. Like a Frederick story would be probably that's different. But exactly, exactly. The, the, to just to drop a um, note on that, it's just she's not famous, Patricia Reggiani, you know. Yeah. And the Gucci family is not like a well, like you know, people don't know the whole family and don't see them, and, and you don't know who they are. But the difference is that you had to make it look real, yeah. because we don't have photos of them from you know throughout their lives you don't know what they looked like certain ages but you had to make it believable and that was yeah. one of the biggest challenges but what sets apart from being you know uh let's say tammy Faye uh and then patricia is that when you watch house of gucci you believe that's patricia at 25 years old and then you believe her when she's 55 you know that's the difference, and, you know, and, and it was without any prosthetics on Gaga's face, without any of that, 
the little nuances that we had to do with even with 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 Paolo Jared's character, those kinds of nuances to incorporate the real like their their essence of who they are, a real person and the actual character they're playing, and those were the challenges, but also what sets apart from what we were doing from the other nominees. Very cool. Well yeah, answered, th- guys. Yeah, I think. I mean, that being said, I think doing any makeup really well is difficult. Like yeah. even when audiences are in on it, it's still mm-hmm. difficult to do a really nice makeup. So, so it's Absolutely. not taking anything away from anyone else. Yeah, and you know, yeah. it's also is the you know the thing is that the challenge is that you can you do beautiful makeup and hair. It's just getting the actor to really believe that that's their hair and makeup. Because I think with with Lady Gaga, I could speak on her for half. Is like, you know, I had for her, it doesn't feel like she was wearing a costume. She wanted to feel like it was her. So mm-hmm. her performance, you don't feel like there was no hindrance of like she was trying to. You don't see the makeup. You don't see the hair. You don't see everything. You just see her. You just see Patricia. You don't see Jared. You don't see the prosthetics. You see Paolo Gucci. I love it. Now, I know that it takes a team to make this all happen. So I wondered if you guys wanted to take a moment to give a shout out to those that helped you most on the project. Well, I'd like to thank God because (laughs) 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 I have talked to God so many times to get me, please let them do this work. Get this deadline, make these wigs on time. Please let it like, you know, not look good, like crazy, like a crazy Italian woman on TV, you know, film. I could destroy someone's career. <laughs> but no, really, I, I honestly have to give a huge shout out to Lady Gaga. Without our team, when we were working in trailers, really, you know, she is the leader in, in terms of how she dictates work and the trust that she put in with the people that she works with, and and the love and compassion she has for us as artists is immense. And she's such a beautiful soul to work with and to allow us to be able to take this journey with her you know when we were doing her hair makeup and open up her dialogue as she becomes the character as hairdressers as a hairdresser is the most valuable thing when you have communication and an understanding with your even if it's it could be you know what three weeks with jared and you guys but it's still the instant connection the respect you have and then you can have mm-hmm. with Gaga and i we have you know what 15, 12 13 years with us but you still have to bring it with her and she trusts us wholeheartedly and and with Sarah Tano the makeup her makeup artist who worked really we worked really hard together on on really helping develop the character with her and my assistant Anastasia you know god bless her we, we communicated through hairdressing and that was it but mm. I, I mean I could not have done a lot of the things I've done because it was so much work those are you know the people that worked with us every day and and, and the whole team you guys were just honestly it was like a great vibe all around and you can sense that the respect in the room when you we came on set yeah, I think I, I want to, of course, I want to thank Jared because without Jared, I wouldn't have had this job. So I want to thank Jared for trusting, you know, trusting that I could do this in three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to the people who worked 
with me on this. I want to especially thank well, Anna Karn is here, so I don't have to thank her. She knows that. <laughs> but I want to thank. What? Uh, Come Federica. on! <laughs> <laughs> no, so I want to thank uh, Federica Castelli, who worked with us in Italy. She worked helping us apply the makeup and coordinated everything for us in Italy, and that was a lot of work. It's good to have someone who speaks Italian when you're there. Uh, and then I had a, I had a four-person crew, four people in the workshop doing this with me. So Robin, Johanna, Camilla, and Mons. And and then of course I want to thank my agents, Mandy Martin and Daniela Milton from Milton Agency, because they were the ones who put me together with Jared and gave me this opportunity. So awesome. that was uh, I'm really thankful for that, for that. So and of course you know the Ridley Scott's whole camp they are badass and legendary people like they just were so the way they shot was just so inspiring and filming it was just really cool to be on set with them and yeah it was very spin. cool actually you know he yeah. uh, just he just i just look at him and think blade runner god yeah i yeah. just <laughs> with, with blade yeah. runner <laughs> so i i just you know that was pretty cool yeah i think i thank the same i'm, I'm not gonna thank you then yara uh, no, know. don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, thank you, Jaran, for no. believing in, in me. No, but then uh, I'm going to thank Paolo Gucci, the actual character, because I really enjoyed working with him. I think it was yeah. fun when he was done and he left for set. It was, it was, mm. it was a joy working with Jared as yeah. Paolo Gucci. Yeah. Yep. yeah, that's true. Very <laughs> true. That's so cool. Okay, guys. Well, it's been so exciting to learn more about what it took to get your work on camera daily and in turn bring you to this point today being nominated for an Oscar. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Again, congratulations and thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Bye. Bye. For links to see more about our guests, go to our Instagram at The Last Looks Podcast or our website, thelastlookspodcast.com. If you want to keep up with new episodes being released, be sure to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, or any podcast streaming platform. And remember, if you're enjoying the show, share it. The Last Looks podcast would like to thank Brett Stanley and Sabrina Castro. The song Fun Time by DJ Quads. Thanks for listening. Until next time. That's a wrap, people.